We had some technical difficulties with the first few minutes of today's podcast. So while all of the audio is there, the quality for the first uh, seven, eight minutes is not quite up to snuff. Uh, We apologize for that. And thank you, as always, for listening. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood, and I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it's a wonderful day outside. And I'm Seth Rodney. I'm the opinions editor at the Hyperallergic Blog, and I'm coming to you from Newburgh, and it's probably a little less wonderful than it is in Harlem, um, but good enough. This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Uh, And today we're continuing our pretty capacious category of transitions. Um, And, you know, we had had agreed to basically, uh, we're trying to persuade uh, one another of something that it seems like we've ended up on on pretty, uh, I'm not sure where Stephen is actually at uh, on it, but he'll share with us today. I know, I know Steph and I, um, don't really agree with uh, vociferously disagree. Actually, is the yeah. way I would say it. <laughs> so, I, yeah. So I, I, but I think I think there's a reason for that. But I'm gonna, you know, we'll, we'll get into obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so we're talking about COVID nineteen. Um, and you know, I, I would like to, I, I would because it is such a hyper partisan, hysterical topic. Um, I would like to lay out some parameters, not for the three of us, we have no problem talking about it, but for any listeners that we have, no one in this podcast thinks that COVID-19 is a hoax. Uh, No one in this podcast thinks that uh, vaccines are murdering people. You know, we all believe in science. Um, This is... It doesn't change your DNA. Yeah, yeah. None of that is real. It's not the same thing as the flu. It didn't kill DMX or put him under a (laughs) <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it it's not the flu. Uh, you know, so let's just start with you know those are some baseline facts. There is no disagreement in that amongst the three of us. Um, I would personally consider those areas of argument and those positions to be off the reservation. Even though we're gonna, you know, uh, we're gonna be getting into stuff that I know we're gonna disagree on. Those are just things that I, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to people that have those opinions. We have to try and persuade uh, one another if we think our positions are worth, um, are worth holding and worth persuading other people of. Um, but so we're going to get into, so my position, what, what started this was that um, I do think that the world has, uh, is hysterical right now. Um, and I think that we have been for months Um and I think that there are clearly serious questions around how to handle something like COVID-19, which disproportionately affects the elderly, uh, right? Starting at about 70, that's when, people, that's when it becomes quite dangerous for you. Not that people don't die before that age, but, that, but that's when, you know, the numbers start to look really scary. Um, so my contention is that because of the amount of hysteria and the the importance with which people feel like they are that a certain class of people feel like they are under assault from the virus, probably because of some kind of uh, intergenerational, um, schadenfreude. Uh, they, they, um, have really 
taken their eye off the ball, which is that um, we there are vulnerable people, there are vulnerable portions of the population that do need to pr- be protected from COVID-19, and we do need to figure out ways of doing that. Because uh, I don't want, you know, my mom or I don't want my dad who's north of 70 to die. I don't want your, you know, family. I don't want anyone to die of anything ever. But, of course, I'm not ever going to get what I want when it comes to that. So, anyway, I've talked a lot at the beginning. I try not to do that. Um, so, how do you guys want to get – I mean, we each send each other some articles on stuff. I, I would very much like to talk about the article that Seth sent. Um, because I think it is an example of bad faith in journalism. Um, and, and I think that, um, I think that the attendant scientific article does not say a, what the journalist thinks it says or wants it to say and B, nor does it really say the, the, the discussion section of the peer reviewed article doesn't really, the data could be quite easily interpreted differently, which is not unusual for, for any peer reviewed article. But we don't have to start there. I, I probably feel like I need to let Seth lay out his position, and I'd like Stephen to just kind of know where they're at. So this is we're definitely going to split this podcast into two parts for sure. The conversation is going to be ongoing, so I'm just front loading that. So you know, part two will continue next week. So Seth or Stephen, how do you guys want to? I, I apologize if I front loaded it too much. I don't want anyone to you know. I am very open to listening to what Seth says. I'm very open to listening to what Stephen has to say. I recommend Seth. Okay, I'm good. In this that. corner, <laughs> I, I'm I'm good with that. So let's let's start off by talking about the essays that we sent round. So Travis sent, and I'm just going to run through the the uh, the publication names and the essay titles. So there's one from Stat, which is a fiasco in the making as the coronavirus pandemic takes hold. We are making decisions without reliable data. That's from March 17th of last year. Then there's an the excess burden. Um, um, this looks like Michael Levitt's blog. The excess burden of death from coronavirus COVID-19 is closer to a month than a year. And that's from March 22nd of last year. And there's a uh, Guardian article about basically how the pandemic is fueling the rise of homelessness. And that was a tough read. Um, and that's from um, 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 March of this year. And then there's one on Sweden saw seeing a lower death, 220 death spike than much of Europe, and that's from this year. So um, some of these are, are more germane, I think, to the argument than the ones I first mentioned. And and, and I also think that this one, which is um, from Routers about Denmark seeing the rise in COVID-19 cases after further easing of lockdown, is from June of last year. Here's my point, just off the bat. With three of these articles, which I think um, Travis is citing as sort of evidence of essentially the sort of Seth, in, can you can you get the date of can you get the date of the article you sent out, please? Oh yeah, sure. The date of the one I sent out and, is November of last year. So and uh, the scientific article it cites. Oh, I don't. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. It was August of last okay. year. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. So the first ones, I just feel like they're kind of shooting in the dark. I mean, uh, 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 at March, that's when we're just beginning to understand the potential scope of what would turn mm-hmm. out to be a worldwide pandemic, right? So all of these, all of that data feels to me very preliminary. Mm. You can make the argument. I think that that's would, fair. 
Yeah. No, no, mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I absolutely right? think that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, argument, the, the argument I would make about the piece that I sent around is that that's several months after the fact, and people have begun to gather more convincing data, more reliable data, more data, and more reliable data. And the conclusion that the article comes to, and I'm not sure where you're seeing bad faith in this, it says essentially that lockdowns save lives. I don't know how no, refu- I don't know how refutable that is. Okay, and and the second point it makes, which is the one I even more agree with, is that we need a more targeted approach. Mm-hmm. Lockdowns that are blanket lockdowns, the author admits, mm-hmm. is a really kind of hit or miss thing. It's actually may end up. He, 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 let me make sure I'm, I'm quoting this person correctly. It was about a staff, so I don't know who wrote it. They, they say that it's a more hit or miss proposition than it needs to be, but that generally it saves lives. So what precisely about that do you disagree with, uh, okay. Travis? So, so, um, you also, you, you not intentionally, but you alighted the, the mo, the top line link that I sent around. Which I put which, in order of priority. So the which, you, which you one was that? And, the the I said pick any state you want, and I gave you the current. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah. I did, so no, you I did, actually. Sorry. Yeah. You, it's fine. I don't. I don't feel like you misrepresented, but I do feel like you presented the information in its weakest possible format. So you started okay. with the least important article um, first. Okay. Which I actually said that in the email. I said, if you go, you know, this is an order of priority. Um, I intentionally gave the older articles towards the bottom. I still oh. think those voices are important. Okay. I do think that's a fair criticism. Uh, okay. Levitt in particular has made predictions that have turned out not, not to be correct. And Ioannidis mm-hmm. has uh, been maligned on social media for a variety of reasons. Okay. Um, but these are respected scientists in their field. And I, I, I brought them into the discussion because for that reason, because they are respected scientists in their field. And, but yet the way that, and we're going to get into the social media piece of it, but I'd like, I want to just stick with this first part. Um, um I just, sorry, so I just t- want to say, Charles, oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, qu- quickly, yeah. I just want to say, I didn't do that on purpose. Please. Like I actually didn't, oh, must have missed that. a, Missed the part in the email where you said it was prioritized. Because honestly, I wanted to ask you about the statistics thing too, because I didn't really understand it. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know that. There's no part of me that was like, you okay. know, like trying to, you know, like score points or anything like that. So, okay. Um, so this article, the Reuters one. Okay. So mm-hmm. fact check studies show this is, so the title of the article is fact check. Right. So the article is presented as if these are settled issues. Right. So that's the one I sent around. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Some posts falsely claim that these measures, quote unquote, do not save lives. Mm -hmm. This article examines some of the reasons why lockdowns have been called and how effective they have been. Mm -hmm. So fact check. No, there is disagreement amongst Mm -hmm. experts on this topic. True. Mm -hmm. It's just not a fact. True. That's, bullshit that's straight up misinformation actually that's propaganda is what that is (laughs) 
Okay. It does That's have what a, it is. It's, no, no, it has it's a, propaganda. No, it has yeah. a propagandist it, that, tone. It does. Like, it starts out yes. by defining what lockdown is and then taking right. us to, like, the crazy town people who are like, oh, you can't yeah. lock us in. That's wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So... So this is my so the, and um, and I think actually I appreciate you pointing out that it's written by staff that gives it even more weight. This is as if you are you are opening up the Encyclopedia Britannica and being right. given right. the the facts as they as they stand today. That's just not true. Right. That's mm. flat out not true. The, the reason I said that that I find this article to be in bad faith and by Reuters is because it picks the it, its targets are a bunch of social media crazies. Mm, and right, it's right. picking the mm-hmm. lowest possible fruit on the tree and attacking mm, it. Mm. And so what that means is that if I'm in a conversation with someone and I question lockdowns because everyone's exposure to lockdowns via the media are these crazy social media outliers. Mm-hmm. If I take up a position that resembles that immediately, I would be put into a box Absolutely. around what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's my, I, I absolutely, and this article is written in such a way that it will, it sandwiches things as, mm-hmm. as news articles often do. It sandwiches things based on the reporters or in this place, the staff writers bias, which is that this is a, a position that they agree with counter reason why the counter is wrong. And so right. that happens mm-hmm. around the the cost of the 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 pandemic, where they, say, as you rightly point out, they talk about the mental health implications, and then of course there's a but. Um, but evidence also suggests that stringent but temporary restrictions could actually, uh, I'm sorry, I jumped around, um, could actually benefit the economic recovery because they reduce the spread of the disease. Right. So right. The, mm-hmm. th- this is. This is an absolutely uh, f- like front-loaded piece of propaganda to push a narrative that is that is on fire in the the Zoom class, as it's been called. Mm-hmm. Which is, and by the Zoom class, I mean the people that have been quite comfortable to sit at home, purchase things on Amazon, and write out the pandemic, binge-watching Netflix <laughs> while they put in three hours a day on their laptop. That is, who, that is who primarily produces the endless public outrage around uh, uh, you know, people that are, are concerned about the consequences of lockdowns and masks and all the rest of that. Um, so yeah, I, it's a and so this is your, the article you sent is a great one, honestly, because it wears it it wears what it's doing quite obviously. But there are many examples in the New York Times and the Washington Post that do not wear what they are doing quite as heavy handedly. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair points. All fair points. Ooh. Uh, so I mean, here. but. It, it, <laughs> So, I mean, we're into, I mean, Stephen, do you want to jump in with, I mean, what, yeah. how you? Well, I, like, I like what both of you presented and I just found myself thinking, so your initial email around panic porn, as well as I was looking at traditional and I was looking at um, popular media and just trying to search for different parts of the argument, right? Because I, fe- I sure. feel like there's no one way to look at this, obviously, which we both of you pointed out, but there was this- right. To me, there was this idea, like I remember thinking, I said, let me personalize this. I don't know if I could have had this kind of discussion in the midst of the pandemic because Mm. of my own reaction Mm. to it. 
Mm-hmm. My own reaction to it mm-hmm. was, why aren't you wearing a mask? Mm-hmm. You know, there were countless stories, you know, on this mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. as well with you directly without um without being on the air and how I felt several things. So I felt that we, I, I didn't have enough information. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust the information mm-hmm. I was getting and I wasn't mm-hmm. parsing it. So I was lazy, you know, so I wasn't going after mm-hmm. that. And I was thinking, well... The stories that I've read were constantly, fr- and not front-loaded, but they were constantly about infections and death rates in right. every state. And I was tracking right. them in every state. And I was you know, thinking about myself those first couple of months and how I couldn't have heard herd immunity. I heard it, but I just did, dismissed it. I was like, no, that right. just sounds like mm-hmm. we're all going to die. I did not feel <laughs> right <laughs> with this information. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I felt I was writing down things that bothered me, like the policy, the rollout, right? So we had the U.S. government at that time that was the policy, unspoken policy was herd immunity, but it wasn't, it felt like it was nefarious. It didn't feel like it was for right. the benefit of mm-hmm. the nation. Right. You know, it was couched mm-hmm. oftenly as an economic measure. Um, right. I think, you know, I forgot, I remember the, forgot to pull this up, but it was somebody, somebody was caught, some mayor or somebody, some elected official was like, people are going to die. So what? You know, I've heard, you know, you would hear those remarks every now and again. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was Texas. (laughs) Well, Dan Patrick (laughs) said that he wanted to sacrifice himself. That you know, he thought that it was was necessary for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. To to save the the country. Yeah, yeah. It's like, right, right. so we have a nation roiled by Trump policies and Trump, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the uncertainty also made me feel like, whoa, 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 I need to slow down. I need to slow down. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had a complete misunderstanding of herd immunity. And like I said, it was a willful ignorance because I wasn't trying to look at it. Look at it. Mm-hmm. But then I felt mm-hmm. like when I started looking at the media, looking at mainstream media, the New York Times, I started writing them down. I didn't do the complete job I wanted to do. CNN, MSNBC, Fox. Atlantic at CBS, there were few counter arguments against lockdowns around stay at home orders. Mm-hmm. Very few, mm-hmm. very little. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me because I felt like, well, I want to, you know, I asked myself why. And I said, well, it's, it's money. It's also trends in terms of kinds of reporting. And so by the time I get Steve, can to- I add, can I add something really quickly just to, sure. to, and so you can keep going? It's mm-hmm. also, these searches are also suppressed by Google. So it wow. is very difficult. It is very difficult to find. Mm. Uh, can, I mean, yeah. Anyway, so I just wanted to. I, I well, just wanted helpful. to throw that out there. That's helpful, and I, I want people to hear that because then, if you're trying to do something, you have to do extra work to over not overcome it, but yes. at the very least, find information. Most of the counter arguments against lockdowns and stay at home orders were from. Um, they were from blogs and websites that I hadn't heard of. Mm. And that failure that you talk about, the failure of COVID lockdowns, feels like it was a grand, ex- not a grand experiment. It was, it really tested our, our, the chaos of it really tested our sensibilities around trust, around good mm. information, around a, a culture that really doesn't value information in that way. It's just a means to an mm-hmm. end. So if you have to crunch mm-hmm. it, like I was wondering if the New York Times had a counter, I mean, for and against constantly, right, in terms of their COVID stuff, what kind of information we, we would we have been able to work with to think things mm-hmm. through more thoroughly? I mm-hmm. might not have taken the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But, but I'll say this. I feel like lockdowns, along with other measures, as you mentioned earlier, Seth, are the, was probably the best approach. But it needed to be more thoughtful and selective. 
Yes. And, and I didn't, I think, I pulled up an article this morning, I didn't finish. It's in the New Yorker around, New Yorker around Sweden, you know, mm. and I mm. want to see what they say there. But even the New Yorker wasn't reporting stuff like that, you know. So, mm. I mean, m- the media I typically go to to get information did not give me the information I wanted to to use to really think it through. But again, I was in a space where I was just feeling very vulnerable and very mm-hmm. reactionary. And mm-hmm. also, if I can be very, very transparent, I wanted to slow it down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. of the Zoom class, <laughs> I am very clear that the empty streets in New York City, lack of trash, and a number of other things, even sound, even waking up in the morning and virtually no sound on the streets except for really bird, mm. loud birds, was mm. helpful for me. A part of my, in some ways, it, it really helped my mental space. Mm. I mean, so I'm not sure how the people related to that or thought about it, but I didn't. Can I say how much I appreciate that you're able to say that? I, I mean, I, re, I seriously, really, not well, to thank be, you. not to, I mean, I, I, I really appreciate that you're able to say that. Uh, I, I get mm-hmm. that. What, no, what, told, what, I absolutely. What, what part do I you get, get Travis? That what he just said that there was a pleasure for him in in oh, the yeah. quiet. Oh, really? Oh, for me. Oh, for me too. Yeah, and 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 yeah. And I hate going into the office. I hate going into the office. I am not an office man. Hi, everybody. What's going on? Same thing yesterday. That sounds great. Let's all sit here together and die. I mean, just feel like I just don't like the office. (laughs) For all the future people, employers, just hire me and let me stay at home, and you'll get good work. (laughs) Right. I, I just want to. Yeah, I want to really, follow up on a point though that you both no, made. Please, earlier. please jump in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to buttressing your point about how Google and it, it, don't take this the wrong way, Travis. It does sound like a little conspiracy nutty to me to say that Google like put a chokehold, <laughs> put a chokehold on certain kinds of information that that it that it that, uh, through its I search wish, engines. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I wish I had not used the word suppressed. Okay. Um, that's mm. probably not the word that uh, weighted is probably uh, the word okay. that you know, kind of you know, put their put their finger on the scale is, is but, closer but to, to your, what I mean. I, right. okay, but okay. to your point, yeah. to your point, the when I Google do lockdowns work, that Routers article that I sent around was one of the mm-hmm. first that popped up. Okay, it was like the first yeah. or second one. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah, that makes sense. And so I th- yeah, yeah, I think um, I. I know that Facebook and Twitter, I've read, I don't, I shouldn't say no. I've read that Facebook and Twitter actively are making it difficult to find um, threads and pieces of information that question vaccine efficacy um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the, the lockdowns that might be a little too far. I think the mask thing I've also read. Um, and the, I've read similar things about about Google. Just sort of it, the thing with Google is, though, you know, it could be that just sort of the collective weight of everyone's of the media opinion just kind mm-hmm. of front loads what you get in the search bar. So that that seems very plausible to me. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, you know, the, the thing I'd like to follow what Stephen had said, and 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 Seth also acknowledging that, and as. As I myself, you know, I don't live in New York, but I thought, man, I wish I could see the city right now that like mm-hmm. and walk around the city with those empty mm-hmm. streets. And, yep. and, and I think that, you know, the people that have, have, you know, worked in, in not in all cases, some of them, you know, slide into their positions, but in, but in most cases, these people that work at the Atlantic and the New York Times and the Washington Post, et cetera, et cetera, 
uh, or who have made it into public health or epidemiology or government are people right. who have worked their asses off for sure. Mm-hmm. But I would bet if you were to sort of, these are not, um, these are not rabble rousing, you know, monster truck attending people. <laughs> these are people that probably in general don't love crowds. These are people that probably in general like quiet dinner parties over wine. Now I'm of that set. That that that's my group. Okay. That's like that's what I prefer as well. Okay. Yeah, those are um, my peeps. Yeah. Yeah, but but there's no way that that did not that does not factor into the mm-hmm. copious opinion making on this subject. Right. There's just no way that it does. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. and of course, you know, I don't think anyone's. You know, they're not making it up. So this is, so we we got to where I I wanted to go pretty quickly, actually. But here's a real, this is a real problem. Mm -hmm. How do we, so I, you know, early on before all of the stuff, before the panic porn started, there was, I I heard an an interview on uh, NPR. I don't remember the the epidemiologist's name, maybe John Hopkins or was from John Hopkins. I don't remember exactly, but -hmm. it was a big place. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and at this point, I don't know if you guys remember, but early in the pandemic, we knew, like, it seemed like we knew that it was uh, mostly uh, the old, the elderly were mostly vulnerable. And then it kind of right. slid away from that with all of the stories of the 24-year-old super healthy football player right. dies of COVID-19, you know, <laughs> like that, those kind of, those kind of stories. Right. So, but early on, we knew that. And I think that's coming back into our consciousness again. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the doctor was like, you know, I hate these conversations that people seem to be having now around whether we should be doing lockdowns because like, are we saying we don't care about the elderly in our society? And so for me, that's a, that's a way better question. So, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, I do think as a community, I mean, historically, you know, America in particular is bad at taking care of their elderly. Like not not all Western countries are, Yes, um, but America is particularly heartless about it. We're yes. I think so, clearly, uh, yeah. Yeah, we warehouse them, you know, we have like, you know, special communities that we send them to. And, and so- Where basically, you know, where they go, just to be, cl- just to put a final point on this, where they go to wait to die. Yeah. Like it's not about living yeah. out a life or exploring the possibilities of what life can look like at old, in old age. It's about right. just right. counting right. the minutes. That's definitely, that's the idea. It seems like, but I, I, I have to say that I feel like that there are some institutions that don't do that. They actually do try to do that active thing. Oh, for right? sure. Right. right. But I Absolutely. definitely feel like when, because at one point there were no places, there, there were a few places like this, right? And people didn't even have the mm-hmm. money to send their elderly off. So you live with the family. Mm-hmm. The family learned mm-hmm. how to take care of somebody older. So, I mean, there mm-hmm. are so many benefits of multi-generational households. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like in the, you know, na- not navel gazing, but the sort of me, 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 it's like, I can't handle that. Right. I can't deal mm-hmm. with that. And that's the thing that you'll be eventually dealing with, maybe, if you get to be that old, right. um, to to have that experience. And what does yeah. that feel like living in a culture where you're taught to, you know, there, there's, um, what do you call it? There are moments where you're supposed to be in school, get married, have kids, a car, a job, a pension, and death. And I feel like the last few, maybe the last, I think my generation, the uh, the the generation, what am I, X? Generation X? Is yeah, yeah, X. Yeah, yeah, we're X. X. We are X. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, we're X. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Job started break. <laughs> job started to break down, so you couldn't have a job for the rest of most of your life, right? You had uh-huh. to go to another job, right? So there was no more uh, right, right. stay at a job for thirty to forty years, right? And so you had to be imaginative, or or you were just like fucked, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so now I think that you have to think differently. People want to live, weirdly enough, mm-hmm. old. They want to live better as they get older, which is connected to sometimes terrible ideas about youth and looking younger, which is really mm-hmm. terrible because you mm-hmm. never really know how to get older. And then mm-hmm. you send all the, you send all the grandparents off to the farm, yeah. you know, yeah. somewhere mm-hmm. and you don't know how to even become older because you want to be seen as valuable and valued in this culture. That's just going back yeah. to what you said, Travis, about a terrible record of how we treat our elderly. We don't have a lot of respect for our elderly. It's as simple as that. That was part one of two of today's conversation. We hope you'll join us next week for the conclusion. 